First off, if you are in the FBI, with law enforcement in any way, or a narc of any kind, you are not welcome here. And legally, hold on, let me check. Um, yes, yep, I verified it right here in this gigantic dusty old book that I have. You have to turn this off. And then I'll put the uh, like intro music right here. It'll be really dramatic and fun. sunshine oh. <laughs> it's <Man>. not <laughs> it's not morning <sighs> it's oh, like 9 p.m <laughs> i slept so good didn't i wow <sighs> i slept really hard why did i why was i asleep how long was i out um <laughs> for absolutely zero hours and zero minutes really yeah that's weird because i just woke up from something and ah oh ah you know what now i remember i went to i i went down at about oh it hurts oh i went down at about uh, 5 p.m the surgery lasted about four hours so um <laughs> Ugh. What surgery? The kidney surgery. <laughs> I sold I know, my. I, I know where this is going. <laughs> I sold my kidney to the dark web. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to the dark web to no one specifically. <laughs> well, it's gonna get sold. I'm gonna make lots of profits off of it. Ah. Is that how that works? I don't know if that's how this works, but um. Maybe by the end of the episode, we will know if that's how this works. I mean, it would be good if we did, probably. Yeah, I should probably look that up, shouldn't I? Hi, I'm Isaac. And I'm Katie. I'm loud. I'm logical. But we're, but we're both, both legends. legends. Welcome to Internet Legends, a show where we explore the lore of the interwebs. Uh, this week, we are talking about... The dark web. Ooh, uh -huh. scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be a two-part episode. Uh, in the first episode, we are going to be talking about the history, specifically, of the dark web. Um, before we get into that, though, I feel like I need to specify a few things, because there are com a couple common misconceptions about the dark web versus the deep web. Um, oh, 
Yeah. There's two different things? Yes. Oh, um, interesting. So, just for clarification, in case anybody has heard dark web and deep web used interchangeably. I've never heard deep web before really? today. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, the difference between the deep web and the dark web, um, although a lot of people use them interchangeably, is the deep web is the bigger overarching thing. So the deep web just refers to pages that aren't indexed specifically by search engines. So, so like hidden content, essentially. I wonder if I've ever been on... Eh, probably not. I'm not sure. Because every website I've ever gotten to, I'm pretty sure I've found it through Google somehow. Yeah, that's a good point. Same. So how do you be on the internet without just googling shit you probably find this stuff in a forum or something and then oh yeah type it into probably your lives on reddit or like 4chan yeah. or something sketchy yeah something those nerds get on i use reddit yes yeah, i'm for nerd shit <laughs> so whatever. it's okay um so the dark web specifically um it does refer to those type of pages that aren't indexed by search engines but it often those dark <laughs> web pages often involve illegal things and a lot of the times you have to log in to access them. I wonder them. if my favorite website when I was a kid was on the dark web. Club Penguin? Yes. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dressupgamesforgirls.com. That was definitely on the dark web, Katie. I think it was just gamesforgirls.com and then I would only use the dress up games section. Where you would like drag the clothes to the yes, to the girl yes, yes. and like yeah. Uh -huh. Hell yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Um all right. So now that we have that clarification out of the way. Yeah, so uh, we... the deep web is where all the dress up games for girls are hosted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the dark web is where all the dress up games for boys are hosted oh <laughs> we got a real venus and jupiter situation yes. going on here <laughs> um so now we can get into the history in order to explain the history of the dark web i do have to explain a few other things uh, along okay. the way the first of those being arpanet arpanet ARPANET. All caps A R P A N E T. Okay. Um, also known as the Advanced Research Projects Agency Network. That sounds fake. I know. Uh, it was an experimental computer network created in the 1960s that was the forerunner of the actual internet as we know it today. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yes. So, um, this idea kind of came from a desire deep down to share information over great distances without the need for phone connections between each computer on the network. Interesting. So, yeah, the idea that we could take information and send it to whoever we wanted across the world uh, without having to actually wire a connection from here to malaysia or wherever we wanted to send that information that technology works now fucking blows my mind same i do not <laughs> understand it at all but i'm glad that somebody does because i'm benefiting greatly from it <laughs> me as well 
And um, yeah, hats off to all the people that helped design the internet as we know it today. Yeah. Uh, so, the Advanced Research Projects Agency, ARPA, uh, was an arm of the U.S. Defense Department. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So the United States created the internet? Yeah, I guess in some oh, ways they did. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that... those British people on Facebook who are pissed that Americans <laughs> just care about America all the time can fuck off. <laughs> we created the internet, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> take your baked beans elsewhere. Yeah, Not take interested. your beans and toast and shove it up your ass, bitch. um so arpa wanted to make a computer-based communication system uh that didn't have a central core the reason being that would protect you from any enemies shutting down your entire system by shutting down the core of your network so they wanted to spread it out so that if one network went down Everything wasn't lost, essentially. Okay. Um, This led to ARPA starting ARPANET uh, in hopes that it could be used to link computers at Pentagon-funded research institutions. Um, Even though ARPANET became more privatized by the government over the course of the following years, they still let researchers who primarily worked in universities have freedom to try tons of radical different experiments. You can find proof of this in the (laughs) facilitation of the first illegal online transaction using ARPANET, which happened (laughs) in the early 1970s. Oh, really? What was it for? Well, I have two questions for you. Okay. I want to know what you think it was. Okay. My first thought was something to have to do with like weed or LSD. Okay. And my second question is, who do you imagine it being carried out by? Like, who do you imagine buying this weed or LSD? Who do I imagine? Yeah. Well, now I'm wondering if it's going to be someone famous or someone that I would know. I just imagine some, like, dudes with, like, big 70s glasses. Hell yeah. And, like, 70s hair. Uh, The truth is that... In 1971 or 1972, mm-hmm. Stanford students used ARPANET accounts at Stanford University's Artificial Intelligence Laboratory mm-hmm. to engage in a commercial transaction of marijuana. Oh, yes, I knew it. <laughs> they did this with their counterparts at MIT. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. So... um. Although the government gave researchers the freedom to try just insane experiments like this. um, So what made this transaction illegal? Because it was for weed or because it was like undocumented? Both. So the the idea was that it couldn't truly be traced who sold the weed, who bought the weed, the amount mm. of weed that was bought or sold, uh, or where, when, why this happened. So it was completely done, like, undercover. So did they, like, wire recorded? the money to from one account to the other over this? It's interesting you bring that up, because apparently some people argue back and forth o- over whether... 
this weed in que- that was in question was actually, quote unquote, sold over the internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because the actual exchange of funds was done in person. Oh, interesting. Um, so did they just talk about it over the ARPANET? Yeah, I think they arranged it <laughs> over ARPANET. Um, okay. Even though researchers were allowed to do really weird and like illegal experiments like this, mm-hmm. um, ARPANET was still tied to the government. So, um, it's in, not like the government hasn't done anything illegal, yeah, or I know. morally questionable before, yeah, <laughs> not at all. But there were people still had some issue with the governmental connection. So in 1983, they decided to split ARPANET into two parts. Uh, MILNET to be used by military and defense agencies and a civilian version of ARPANET. um, Which is really interesting because the civilian version of ARPANET is what kind of formed the basis for the Internet moving forward okay so what was it called just arpanet or did they call it something else at that point i think they just called it arpanet uh the other one was milnet so like military and arpanet was the civilian i wonder if they still have like a separate internet that's for the military only i actually think i remember seeing something about that on my research but yeah whoa yeah that's crazy. It is. Where does the internet live is my question. In our hearts. <laughs> um, at their core, uh, both the dark web and ARPANET are based uh, kind of in the same desire of be- wanting to be able to communicate uh, or interact with someone or a group of people with complete secrecy, without any prying eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in 1983... The internet was um, actually released to the world, not in the way that we know it, but in the sense that all networks could then be connected by a universal language that they could all understand. Like ones and zeros? Basically, different computers could communicate with each other in a way that was accessible to every computer on the planet. The internet then quickly started gaining popularity, but... With all of the internet popularity came questions about where all of the data should be stored. Should we store data oh, here? So this should we is store about data? who owns the internet. Yeah. Should the government have some control over what's happening in mm. the internet? Or should we store all of our sensitive data elsewhere? That's so interesting. Yeah. I wonder what it was like being a part of the conversations about creating laws like governing the internet because now like all of that has already been established for us yeah so i don't know when people talk about changing laws that surround how the internet is used and all that stuff and how much control the government has Mm -hmm. people start to like freak out just yeah. imagine how scary it was to be setting all of that stuff up in the first place. For sure. That's insane. And what was decided was ultimately um, that we would use these things called data havens or data havens, depending on how you like to pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Um, what these are is a place where loads of data could be exported to 
other countries with way more chill laws that data gets stored all over the world. So tons of different countries. Just It's not stored like necessarily anywhere specific. It's spread mm. around everywhere. So um, you get a little bit find. of the United States internet data. You get a little bit of the United States internet data. Look under your chair. It's the United States internet data. Exactly. From what I can find. I mean, like, Oprah might not be the one calling all of the shots, but from what I could find on Wikipedia, Oprah is definitely calling a lot of the shots. Mm. Um She's no, one of but those seriously, fake people like people running the government secretly. Yeah, well, we already knew that. Mm -hmm. But um, in all seriousness, I didn't research that part very, like, intensely because it's really just a small part of what I'm what I'm actually getting at. Yeah. Um, which is that uh, people have lots of concerns about their online privacy yes. and are willing to go to a lot of different extremes to have their privacy on the internet. Then, in August of 1991, the internet finally became publicly available to anybody who could access oh, um, a so computer. Oh, so before, who was it available to? So before, I believe it was available to, um, like, more to like scientists and researchers and um, oh interesting it had a lot of um roots in education as well as government okay. obviously government and, and stuff like that but um 1991 it finally became available to the masses and um it was such a revolutionary thing that Everybody had to get a bite of that. Everybody was interested. Everybody wanted well, some internet in their life. I would be interested. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I am interested. I mean, a little bit. Wait, so the internet became widely available to people only like a few years before we were born. Yeah, that's true. I looked because I remember fact checking this. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Everybody who's older than us is like, Bruh. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> um, They're like, I done been around for that shit. <laughs> um, what do you think a really popular thing to do in the early 90s was? It involves... On the internet? Yeah, it involves something illegal on the internet. Um, A few things come to mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe gambling. Okay. Maybe something to do with porn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just because maybe uh, music downloading illegally. <laughs> now that's interesting. Uh, because in the early 90s, CDs were a huge, huge uh, way that people listened to their music. I thought tapes were in the 90s. Did they switch to CDs? Yeah. Yeah. So in the 90s, CDs were huge. Okay. Um, and with the release of MP3 compression formats, mm -hmm. uh, people were really, really easily able to <laughs> uh, pirate music. So nice. they put on their little hats, their uh, peg Big legs. Big brain hours in the Reigns household. Oh. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, and they they illegally ripped CDs. <laughs> That's awesome. I do have. A I was doing the same thing in two thousand nine. So 
I do have a very vivid memory. Um, I do, I do remember when this was still like super easy to do. Yeah. Um, I have this very vivid memory from my childhood, not from the nineties, um, because I was very young in the nineties, but from my childhood where I got the book on tape of a Harry Potter book. Mm-hmm. And I stole that shit from the library by downloading it to my computer and then returning <laughs> it to the library. That's awesome. I downloaded the entire audiobook to my computer and then just like <laughs> gave it back to the library. <laughs> and then it was mine. That's awesome. Um, can't really do Poor that anymore, library. I don't think. Poor library. So, um... Illegally ripped music um, quickly found its way to different online forums, um, specifically Man. one called Napster that was really, really big. And okay, so I never used Napster. I know what Napster is, mm -hmm. but I had never been on it. But I know the logo, like the little kitty cat with the headphones thing. That is very, very, very cute. <laughs> it is a cat. Okay, I was right. Before we move on from the 90s, I do uh, just want to mention really quickly um, that the 1990s was also when uh, TOR, or TOR, which is an acronym for the original Ooh. software project named The Onion Router, um, which is a private internet browsing network that would later serve as a main connecting point to the dark web, was in its early development stages then. Ooh, so is this where torrenting comes from? Because I was just thinking of that. Maybe. I don't know, Have actually. you ever torrented anything? Yeah, yeah. I have to. I think movies. I'm calling the police. <laughs> I'm calling the police Hello, on you. Cops. My wife is a criminal and needs to be behind bars. I know I don't have to testify against you in court because we're married, but uh -huh. I will. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll let her know that you're coming for her. She she can't testify against me in court because we're married? Yeah, she, no, knows, she knows that. I don't have to, but I will. Yeah, no, she says she's going to, but legally she can't. <laughs> she has no ground to stand on, right? Okay, good, I'll let her know. Katie, um, Mr. Police said that you can't testify against me in court, even if you want to. Um, it's actually a new law that they just I'm passed I'm sure that called, there's um, way Catherine's more law. illegal things. That we could get you in trouble for than me. <laughs> so anyways, the onion router, um, don't come for me, police. I swear to fucking God, if you do, you better come with a warrant. We just admitted to torrenting I and ripping hate. stuff off of CDs. You know what? That's before I clean my act up, okay? I'm a good boy now. I don't break any laws, and I don't do anything illegal, um, except for the fun illegal things. This just reminds me of when I saw the people doing the sting operation on one of those guys that just, like, sells, like, ripped CDs and DVDs outside of gas stations. They got stations. the bootleg guy? Yeah, they got the bootleg guy. Yeah, that, really is, that is rude. <laughs> if there's anyone that they should go after, it's not 
him. I was like, you know, it is a victimless crime. It really is. Hey, he's everyone else is so rich. They don't need the money from the bootleg guy. He's ripping off big ass executive (laughs) like studios that are producing like Marvel and shit. Like, I know he's cool. It's not like he's selling bootleg CDs of some no name artist who's not signed to a label. Y'all. Leave the bootleg guy alone. He's fine. Go focus on some real crimes. I know. Like torrenting. <laughs> so, in 2000, Freenet, which is a free software that lets you anonymously share files. Oh, is files. it free? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it also lets you uh, browse and publish free sites. Um, what is that? These websites... They are free of censorship of any kind. So people can create whatever they want on there. Um, Whatever they want on there. Isn't that what the internet already is now? In some ways, yeah. The internet isn't really censored, at least not in... Not here. But it is, though. Just not in ways that you would personally be victimized by. So, like, <laughs> Oh, because I'm not trying to do anything gross or nasty. Correct. <laughs> when I say censorship-free, I mean literally, like, censorship-free. Yeah. So, Freenet did not um, gain nearly as much popularity as uh, Tor did. Mm-hmm. But what it did do was it helped to stimulate demand for more anonymous internet access. People were saying, let me go dark. I'm going ghost. Let me go. <laughs> Danny Phantom up in this piece. Danny Phantom Right style. now. Please. Um, it's not clear uh, whether or not the creators of Freenet were necessarily inspired by the onion uh router but so i have a question really quick is it um the onion because it has layers like shrek yes it is uh an ogre (laughs) ogre ogre themed an ogre themed browser um it's green it has lots of earwax that it makes into candles, mm-hmm. and it likes those uh, eyes like jelly on toast or something mm-hmm. that Shrek said. I wish I could do the Michael Myers Shrek out accent. Okay, but if you could, what would it sound like? <laughs> I'm an ogre. We have layers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let me, um, here's my impression of, um, my... I think I said Michael Myers, which Which is the horror movie guy, but Mike Myers is the actor. The 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 fucked up thing? Not the, you chose the love guru out of That was the last movie that he was even in. You chose the love guru? (laughs) I don't even remember any other Mike Myers movies besides him being in Trek. Are you fucking with me Wait, right now? Wait, is Mike Myers also Austin Powers? Yes. Oh. <laughs> also, more importantly, Mike Myers is the cat in the hat. But here's my Mike Myers um, impression. Mm-hmm. Shortly followed by my Michael Myers impression. Donkey, I'm an ogre. 
We have layers. <laughs> that was so much better than mine. And then uh, here's my here's my Michael Myers impression. Stop with the heavy breathing, you weirdo. That was the sound of the knife. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm angry because I wear a mask. I'm and Michael Myers. Ooh, I have a I have white layers. <laughs> Isn't he the one who wears the mask? No, that's Jim Carrey. (laughs) (laughs) No, not that mask. Well, (laughs) then what did you mean by the mask? The one with holes in it. (laughs) It has like eye holes and then all the little small holes. (laughs) That's literally every mask ever, No, it has a bunch of tiny holes in it, and it's white. That's Jason Voorhees. (laughs) It is October. We need to brush up on your horror. You know, I thought it would be good. They're all the same to me. Katie, you can't... Hold on. Turn off your microphone. We can't... We can't do this in October. The fans are going to be very unhappy. Isaac... They already know I don't like scary things. We've already established that. <laughs> it fits in with the character I'm trying to portray. I just thought, oh, so you're not really being you. God, I'm disgusted by you. I can't believe that you're wearing a mask for, well, it is October. It, yeah, I'm wearing the mask. Some okay. <laughs> Anyways. So it's not clear whether or not the creators of Freenet were inspired by the Onion router, but these softwares, along with another software called I2P. (laughs) Wait a second. Did the dark web just make me do a goof? Is the dark web trying to bully me? I feel like I'm being cyber bullied. Spell I cup. (laughs) I2P. Um, I too pee. I pee as well. These paved the way for much more widespread access to anonymous internet browsing. Oh, shit. Then, finally, in 2002, the Onion Router, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a private internet browsing network, was finally released to the world. The Onion Router completely changed the face of the internet forever. So how did it do that? Because I've never heard of Tor before. So what it did was it created an environment where people could browse online completely freely and completely anonymously. Which, I mean, if we're being honest, like, these folks knew what their network was going to get used for. Yeah. You know, like, they knew. Yeah. I'm talking... Guns, drugs, lots of unsavory types of porn, and... Bad, sexy time. Bad, sexy time. Lots of uh, very violent, creative video content as well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, very creative. So the creators also had a small issue with the creation. One small oversight just on their small part. one well okay another small one <laughs> um it wasn't as accessible as it should be oh darn be. 
So <laughs> this platform initially was really complex and really technical, which restricted the usage um, pretty much to only people who were very tech savvy. Oh, so only the really smart weirdos and criminals could be on it. Exactly. That's good. <laughs> so they fixed that pretty oh, quick. Oh, great. Um, they made it into, <laughs> instead of just an online network, they created their own web browser that could be downloaded and accessed. Ah, I see. There are two cool things about the Onion Router that I really want to mention. Yeah. Um, first of all, when it was released in 2002, it was purposefully kept as a free and open software so that it could be easily accessible to anybody who wanted it. Mm -hmm. And so it could rely on a decentralized network for maximum security. Okay. It also when morphed into an internet browser allowed people living under oppressive governments to be able to publish their thoughts as well as Ooh, access restrictive okay. websites freely like um in china exactly so with the release of private browsing networks like tor does tor still exist today yeah oh yeah you can download it I mean, oh shit i know that once you're on there they can't track what you're doing but like how do you just get tour on your computer without googling download tour <laughs> and then the government knows that you have it the government knows that you've been researching tour but they don't know i guess that doesn't necessarily mean you're doing anything illegal yeah. on it yeah, like the research I did for this wasn't illegal, okay, cops? <laughs> you hear me? I'm researching for an internet legends Is that what podcast. Interpol is? <laughs> oh, fuck. Actually, it's not, but... Oh. Well, you fooled me. It'd be cool if it was. With the release of this private browsing network, um, or these private browsing networks... Groups of dark websites and a community of followers began to emerge in full force. Mm, I have a question. So if I have my computer on dark mode, that doesn't mean I'm on the dark web? Like on Twitter? No. <laughs> oh. No. Darn, I thought I was doing something really edgy. Yeah, you tried, but yeah. um, you only look like you're on the dark web. <laughs> it's not the real deal, babe. On the dark web, everything is in dark mode. Yeah, exactly. Even though uh, we could say that many dark websites were formed to help those living under oppressive governments uh, push back against the censorship that they're experiencing... The idea of having a corner of the internet where you could browse anonymously definitely fueled a rise in the number of dark websites that hosted illegal content. Mm. Um, I mean, like this, it was just too tempting to pass up. Like, I mean, it was there. Of course, there's going to be illegal stuff. As soon as you give people the ability, you might, it might as well have already happened. Like, instantly, I'm assuming. Well, I mean, even... You can't trust people to do anything. Even before this, the people at Stanford and MIT yeah, were exactly. selling drugs to each other on it. Exactly. Like, it just... Th this is what it is, It was you know? made 
Not necessarily for evil. Yeah, I don't think that, but that was for evil, illegal activities. But it's it's the cool kind of illegal, you know? Yeah. Drugs are cool, kids. Drugs, Isaac said it first. Y'all, drugs are cool as fuck. <laughs> um, so, even though there was finally this blossoming, beautiful, wild community of individuals, or criminals, mm-hmm. they still had an issue to tackle. What was that? What do you think it was? Hmm. Not enough porn? um no i i can i can explain it with one simple statement Mm -hmm. or question yeah how i pay for my illicit substances and items oh money how i pay secret Uh, money secret money secret money so was this where bitcoin comes in you got it baby whoa Illegal transactions on the dark web were really hard to complete, seeing as customers could potentially be located um, thousands of miles away, and neither party wanted to risk using credit cards or PayPal transactions. So it was dark PayPal. Um, pay, pay enemy. enemy. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> So, neither party wanted to risk using credit cards or PayPal because they both leave you mean pay paper. Enemy. Neither party wanted to risk using credit cards or pay pay enemy for <laughs> transactions because they leave paper trails. So there was an interesting fix to this problem. Okay. Like you mentioned, Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin, uh, which is a type of cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is a type of digital currency that allows transactions to be anonymously taken care of. Um, This was the answer to the persisting problem that people had been having. And um, though different forms of cryptocurrency had been developed or in development since the 1990s, none of them stuck until 2009 when... Finally, Bitcoin was released. Okay, so I was going to ask if Bitcoin was the first one, but it was Mm, not. No. Okay. There were all kinds of different weird currencies or cryptocurrencies that tried to take off. Um, Mm -hmm. But Bitcoin was the only one that stuck. Um, So in 2009, a man named Satoshi Nakamoto mined the first Bitcoin effectively starting a revolution in illegal transactions online. Mind? What does that mean? It's the process of creating new Bitcoin by solving incredibly complex computational puzzles. I'm so confused. It's very confusing. How does that even like so are you doing a job for someone and earning a bitcoin or do you did the computer just make a is it like a little (laughs) i'm imagining it's like i'm a computer i made this puzzle if you can solve my puzzle i'll give you a bitcoin basically (laughs) basically the the weird thing is like you, you have to have an incredibly complex computer to do this, and it takes 
forever Welcome, to solve these internet puzzles. traveler. You have discovered my computer puzzle. I'm not sure that I completely understand this. Um, mm-hmm. And don't get at me because I don't fucking need to to understand the dark web. Mm-hmm. Okay. When computers solve these complex math problems, um, they produce a new Bitcoin. Or new Bitcoin. Not that different from when a mining operation extracts gold from the ground. What the fuck? So bitcoins is just a money that exists in a computer? Yes. I... (laughs) It's just like how everybody else agrees that a piece of paper is worth something. Like, it's just not. It's it's agreed upon rules, basically, that is what whack. this is. Yeah. But the Bitcoins are there accept to them for ignore products and ser- the rules. Okay, but it, they're uh, the agreed upon currency of the web because they're untraceable, which is the second thing that I was getting to, which is by solving these computational math problems, Bitcoin miners make that payment network trustworthy by verifying its transaction information. Um, So like, because these math problems are so complex, they're untraceable, essentially. That is a whack. Yes. Money is crazy. Money is crazy. I've just been sitting over here having like a little like existential moment about how crazy money is. It's really weird. (laughs) What's crazy to me too is that like, All the money in the United States used to be backed by gold. Like, Mm. the United States used to own enough gold that you could exchange every dollar that existed for gold. And then we just start printing more money and threw all that out the window. Um, (laughs) But, like, who decided that gold was valuable? People who thought it was nice and shiny. If you wanted to, like, really be rich, why didn't you decide that dirt was valuable? Because then anybody could get rich. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Man, that's So, crazy. similarly, Bitcoin is hidden behind the, um, or underneath the crust of the earth by its super complex math problems. Well, and you I have guess... to mine for it. Technically, today, dirt is valuable because property is a really good way to make money. I guess so. That's a good point. Oh, man. Bitcoin solved the issues that previous versions of cryptocurrency couldn't because it had these um, very complex accounting ledgers in place that stopped people from being able to actually copy bitcoin so that's what i was getting to is like this is the reason that bitcoin won is because Mm -hmm. it's uncopyable you can't just give yourself a million bitcoin because you want unless you're really 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 smart well even then you would need thousands of high-tech computers because these computers take forever to figure out these like problems to make one bitcoin That's why people on the dark web mainly operate with Bitcoin at this Mm -hmm. point, because it's untraceable. It's um, it's safe, like people can't make unlimited amounts of it for themselves. It's like. It it works, basically, is the idea. Um, So 
Now that we have a safe and responsible way to pay for that sticky icky, um, <laughs> we're cool to surf the eternal frothing deep ocean that is the dark web. And remember, please, please remember, if you ever want to try Bitcoin, just don't go out and do it with some randos. Talk to me. I would rather you do it here in a safe comfortable and nurturing environment timmy instead of Who's out timmy? i don't it's the pretend child that i was talking to about trying bitcoin for the first time it was a stupid Bish, joke. i know you don't have enough money for bitcoin <laughs> there's a ton more drama uh, that went down and that is going down with the dark web. Oh, really? Um, yes. But we're going to leave that for the next episode. Oh, shit. Um, that kind of wraps up the history of the dark web close to where we are now. Um, and kind of where we're at with it at this current point in time. Cool. Um, but in the next episode, we're going to talk about um, some of the current uses we're going to talk about um, some stuff that's happened, some uh, websites that have gotten shut down, as Ooh. well as where we could be going in the future with this. Okay. Yeah. So um, thank you all so much for uh, being so patient with us. I know this episode is a week late, and we'll definitely try to not make that a habit. Just life happens sometimes. Um if you have any ideas, you can always feel free to email those to us at internetlegendspod at gmail.com. You can follow us at internetlegs on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow Crystal Eternal, who did our intro and outro music at eternal underscore tapes on Twitter. You can also follow his indie vaporwave label um, at nostalgialounge.bandcamp.com and at lounge nostalgia on Twitter. And he's doing all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, he is moving a little bit away from the music side of things to focus more on visual art, as well as uh, tearing it up in the retro gaming scene, uh, beginning to kind of rebuild old arcade games. Uh, and lastly, please, if you can, rate and review us on iTunes. That goes a long way, helps us get some more visibility. Um, along with that, sharing this with someone uh, sharing it with anyone is really helpful for us. Um, just don't share it with your grandma and don't share it with anyone under 18. They can access this on the dark web anonymously and without shame so that I don't have to feel bad about uh, the olds or the youngs listening to whatever we're doing here. Um, we won't judge them for using the dark web. Well, We won't be able to because we won't know. <laughs> All right, y'all. Until the next episode, stay cool, stay real. Don't, don't sell, sell drugs, drugs, but if you do, do, do it for a school-sponsored school program. program. Bye. Bye. Bye.